Hello and welcome to Deep Fried Planet. I'm Pat Thomas and I'm going to be presenting the show for a little while while Joss Garman is on paternity leave. Now today's topic is the law. It's a subject that most environmentalists fail to warm to, I think, because we often feel very hard done by when it comes to litigation and because we often have seen that the law either fails to protect the things that we care about or seemingly chooses the economic value of a thing over its intrinsic value. With me in the studio are two legal eagles whose work is challenging that perception. I'm joined by environmentalist and barrister Polly Higgins, whose new book, Eradicating Ecocide, calls for ecocide to be made an international crime against peace, pursuable through our legal systems on a national and international level, and punishable by making polluters responsible for cleaning up their own mess, however much it costs and however long it takes. Also in the studio is James Thornton, activist, lawyer, and founder of Client Earth, a dynamic organization that views the law as a tool for positive social change. Client Earth has recently taken on the UK legal system at UN level and emerged victorious with a ruling that says the UK must not allow fears of financial ruin to dissuade people from bringing their environmental cases to court. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. I'm going to evoke the ladies' first rule here, Polly, and I would like to ask you a little bit about ecocide. It's a word that we hear a lot about, a lot Mm. of recently, but what does it mean and how are you defining it in the law? Well, the word ecocide hasn't actually been defined legally, and that was really my starting point, that we needed to give it proper definition, proper recognition, 65-odd years ago, there was an international lawyer called Raphael Lemkin, and he he got on his soapbox to argue for new language, new words, and a new law called genocide, and that was the killing of genus, human species. And it it occurred to me that we needed new language after I'd been at the Copenhagen climate negotiations, that we were needing to kind of change the way we were approaching the problem. And by looking at the source of the problem, which was really the damage and destruction of ecosystems, that we had to identify that as a criminal activity on par with genocide. And what is it that makes ecocide such an urgent need right now within Mm. the legal system? Well, one of the biggest problems we have is is really mass destruction of uh, the planet. There is an international report coming out uh, later in this year, next month, the TEAB report, and that has identified that the top 3,000 corporations in the world have caused over $2.2 trillion worth of damage for just the year 2008. For 2009, those top 3,000 corporations are looking at a figure of $4 trillion. Now, uh, we seem to be going in completely the wrong direction that's exponentially surging upwards rather than downwards. And it's gotten to a point where we recognise that a lot of this damage and destruction is secondary, secondary to profit. So it's a secondary, in fact, very often it's not even a consideration whilst a corporation is in pursuit of profit. So therefore, there's damage and destruction happening without consequence, uh, and we really need to actually bring that to a halt very rapidly. But there are laws that protect the environment. Mm -hmm. They're on the books. They're on the books internationally and nationally. James, maybe you could tell me, why aren't these working? Well, they're (coughs) not working for a lot of reasons. Um, One 
is in the UK that citizens have not been able to use the courts to enforce the laws when the government fails to do so. And governments, for one reason or another, always fail to do so, whether it's a government you like or a government you dislike. They will seldom do the full job of enforcing environmental laws. In our view, you need to be able to have citizens step in and act as private attorneys general and bring the actions that the government fails to bring. The problem here, one of the main problems anyway, was what it was going to cost you. There's a famous old saying that Her Majesty's courts are open to all citizens, just like the writs. <laughs> and, uh, and that fairly sums it up, in that you have to be, had to be rich uh, to go to uh, court and fight for your rights in the UK. So we brought, as you mentioned earlier, we brought an action against the UK to try and change that. How we did it was through enforcing a treaty that the UK had signed called the Aarhus Convention, an obscure piece of law, but the UK had promised to give access to justice to its citizens that shall not be prohibitively expensive. And this system in the UK, where you pay the other side's costs up to a million pounds, uh, or more could be, recently it was 88,000 pounds for two days in court that the House of Lords ordered a woman to pay, just crazy. The UK is way out of line with all other European countries on this. And partly as a result of that, we won. The uh, UN enforcement body has now ordered the UK to change this. I'd love to know what it is that, that keeps you going, keeps you kind of focused on, um, keeps your ethics up, keeps your enthusiasm alive so that you can carry on doing this work. Polly? <laughs> 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 well, um, <laughs> my husband would say bloody-mindedness. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's an absolute belief that we can change. It, it's, it, it, to me, this is not about compromise. It is about radically changing, uh, about uprooting that which is compromise and, and shifting to the new way we need to go. But I, I also am a great believer that shifts in consciousness happen fast. You know, there is a build up and then boom, it, it happens overnight, just as it happened with the abolition of slavery. And that we are actually uh, at a point in history, the most uh, exciting time ever, where we are potentially capable of making that shift. Uh, like children, you know, teenagers who are trashing their bedroom, we're now getting to that point where we need to step up and, and, and no longer trash our bedrooms. And I think we're almost there. <laughs> I have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> James, how about you? Well, I appreciate the personal question. And uh, anyone who does this sort of work uh, does face the question of, of burnout and compassion fatigue. For myself, uh, what gets me through is my Buddhist practice. I'm a, I'm a Zen Buddhist priest. Uh, and I've had a practice now for 25 years or so. And as a Buddhist, you take a vow, and we say it every day, to save all sentient beings. And being a literal-minded sort of guy, I take that quite literally. So my work is to try and save all sentient beings on the planet. That's a really powerful combination, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wish, I wish you both the, the greatest of luck, and thank you so much for coming in today. Um, that is all we have time for, and a big thank you to my guests, Polly Higgins and James Thornton. Next week, we're going to be talking about local energy generation, and it's going to be sexy, so don't miss it. In the meantime, folks, try to uh, keep your heat turned down and your carbon footprint small. I'm Pat Thomas. <laughs>